Welcome back again to the Heavy Shell Podcast. I'm your host, David Richards, and with me, as always, I'm happy to have Luca. Hello. And Moose isn't really here. He's off goosing around, I guess, you know. And uh, he should be joining us next week, unless that changes. But in the meantime, you're going to be here with myself and Luca as we discuss a little bit of rounding up of uh, 2020 with the talk of the town, Cyberpunk. And then we're going to get into what we hope to see in 2021. And then from uh, there, or before we get into that, I also want to thank some of the followers we got during the holiday seasons. And um, so thank you, Space Geek, for following us. That was awesome to see. And then Skid Lee is how I'm assuming their name is pronounced. They followed us as well. And again, always a good thing to come on and then see new followers. And we much appreciate that anytime you share us out we actually do seem to get traction so we greatly appreciate that now and sorry you about to say something i was just gonna say indeed we do and skid lee's notifications going haywire right now um hopefully that will calm down <laughs> but yeah so cyberpunk 2077 they probably should have waited to release it until then and they would have been perfection. But they did release it in 2020. And uh, most of the hullabaloo around it, the disappointment, happened while we were on break. Yeah, basically. So we're not going to beat this dead horse too much. I mean, we're going to poke at it and be like, is it dead? It doesn't smell dead. And then we'll move on to other games. Um, but for now... Uh, myself and Luca have been playing it, and we will have a full review coming out on it uh, later. should be around the 15th. It's going to be more of a, you know, I'll just save for later. We get some good content coming up for you guys. Now, the reason we bring up Cyberpunk even right now is that they're actually going to be releasing some DLC, which is odd, because I thought you should probably finish a game before you release DLC for it. Now that is the traditional thinking, yes. I I would have concurred with that, but apparently not. Now, me and you, we obviously dove into the game, as many of other people have already finished the game. Mm -hmm. And some of these people I know have said that they would have rather waited, because it kind of feels like they played like an early alpha build. And then a lot of people have not touched the game. They said they're just going to wait. And so it I, might be I, wise to do that, to wait for the DLC. Because we're assuming they're going to have the game polished by the time the DLC comes out. Surely they would do that. Yeah, from from what I've picked up uh, from people who are, are sort of big followers, big aficionados of CG Project Red, this is sort of their, their modus operandi is sort of release a game, fix it up, release some DLC, and then then it's great, I guess. Um, so that does seem to be the, the expert take uh, to just wait. Um, mm-hmm. And one thing I will note is 
there are definitely a lot of people who have beat it because you can beat this game pretty quickly if you just uh, charge through the story, right? Yeah. But out of everyone in my Steam friends list who has it, we are the only two who have continued to put any like significant numbers of hours into it, right? Yeah. And so I, think- I mean, I'm trying to play it all the way throughout because I look I'm, to give you a little preview. Um, I think it missed the mark. But I'm trying hard to play all the aspects of it to make sure I leave no stone unturned of like what features, what goodies do they put in this game that I maybe would have missed out on if I didn't play it fully fleshed out. But I hate to say it, like the moment it starts getting good, another glitch pops up that breaks the immersion or literally breaks the game itself. And I've had to multiple times do a complete hard reset of the game, like not just load a save file again, but completely turn the game off, turn back on to get full things in the game, like audio, for instance. Sometimes audio will just be like, nope, we're not going to do our thing. And so it's just, it feels awkward. Like I've seen, I've seen more polish in actual early alpha games. <laughs> well, I, yeah, it's, uh, I, I think basically the long and short of it, the hot take that is uh, popular on the streets of, of video gaming right now is that it's an unfinished game. You know, yeah. Like I think one of the top Steam reviews is "Great game, can't wait for it to get out of uh, like pre-alpha or whatever." Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. So. It, but that being said, it's got a lot there. I mean, there's nothing for us. I could quit playing the game, but there's got there's got enough there for me to keep going. Um, yeah. But full report on that later. Now. I think a lot of people plan to be playing this throughout 2021. I know I did. So I really hadn't set my sight too much on what games are coming out. Because I just assumed this would be cyberpunk to a GTA level of um, busy work of stuff to do, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, So now it's time to start looking forward to what's going to be coming out in 2021. Now, off the top of your head, before we start going through the list, is there anything in particular that stands out to you that you're definitely excited for or you want to know more of? Uh, yeah, there are actually a couple things. Um, for one thing, they're releasing a sort of like remastered version of the original Nier game uh, mm-hmm. that is as in Nier Automata. Um, yeah. And I'm a big fan of that game, so uh, I'd very much like to go back and play that. Uh, and then there's another game called Sable, Sable, I, one of those two, I'm not exactly sure, S-A-B-L-E. Mm-hmm. Um, now that is a game I noticed, I think a, a couple years ago now, it was originally released and it's just kept getting delayed. Um, but it's art style uh, is very reminiscent of, of one of my sort of like favorite artists that I follow. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited for that just as a visual experience, uh, alone. And, and on top of that, it does look like the game itself will be pretty good. So there's a couple things right off the bat that I've been sort of, uh, looking forward to this year. For sure. For sure. Um, there's a lot I'm looking forward to in it. Like in some ways it makes me wish I didn't have my head stuck up cyberpunk because then I could be getting hyped on all these other games right now. Um, one of them being Deathloop. Uh, we saw that during the Game Awards. That is the one made by Arcane, the people who made Dishonored. And mm-hmm. it's already got some cool style. Like, I like the music they had with it. 
but also the premise of you're playing both sides and you're both assassins trying to kill or out assassin the other assassin. And Man, these guys really like their assassin games, don't they? Yeah, but dude, I like assassins too. Like straight up, maybe this sounds dystopian, but if there was a legal means or reason to be a hitman, I'm like, that'd be a cool job. I would sign up for that. I'm not saying because I want to hurt people, but hitman just sounds cool. Um, Thankfully, we get to settle for that in video games and no one gets hurt in real life. Now, so like Hitman itself, Hitman 3, that's coming out. So, you know, I'm going to be Hitmaned out this year with Deathloop, the Assassin v. Assassin stuff. And then Hitman 3 is coming out. That's another one I'm looking for. And then Gran Turismo 7, that's pretty much erasing from my childhood. Though I have to say Forza has been kind of whipping them the last couple years when it comes to racing games. So we'll see how that goes. And then, um, again, this just off the top of my head, uh, Mass Effect. Have you ever played Mass Effect? Uh, I'm I'm ashamed to say I have not, no. That's fine, though, because you're a little bit like me in that I've played some Mass Effect, but, not a f- but I haven't finished it. Because literally when I started playing it, I was like, this game is like seven years old. Like, I'm literally going to have to be like begging in the streets to find someone to talk about Mass Effect with because it's so irrelevant now, you know? And mm-hmm. I kept thinking, like, I literally started the game over like three times and I kept quitting because I'm like, this game's irrelevant. There's other games I got to move on, you know? Yeah. Because yeah, I literally yeah, I kept looking over and be like, there's p- much prettier games I could be playing right now. And then, lo and behold, they, they're going to remaster it. So you're damn right I'm going to play all these games now. And because these were Mass Effect before it went Andromeda and went bad. I mean, there's definitely something to be said for, um, like, a, because I think uh, at certain points on the show, we might have given off the impression that we, we me and Moose uh, in particular, like, don't like remasters or whatever. That's not true, right? Um, I, I think they're kind of great because they provide a, a good sort of entry point for for people to enter a franchise that is notorious but maybe before their time Mm -hmm. Uh, and there are quite a few of those for me um so yeah i like them uh don't think they'd be game of the year but i like them you know so yeah i'm that's that's exciting news shall we say yeah now so those are off the top of my head so really i i kind of jam-packed already for the year as far as major titles to look forward to but there's always going to be room for more. And so you do have Far Cry 6 is coming out. Mm-hmm. I haven't played many of the Far Cry games. But I um Oh my god, I'm losing his name right now. But he plays Moff Gideon in uh, Mandalorian. I like that actor. And they seem to put a lot of care and detail into recreating his himself into that game and I don't think he's gonna pull any punches like I don't think he's gonna phone it in with this job so it's gonna be great to see how he does as the villain so I'm looking forward to that for sure um have you played any of the Far Cry games uh I have played like a touch of Far Cry 5 but I wouldn't exactly say I have a lot of experience with them 
They, for whatever reason, there's never a franchise I've particularly looked at and gone, oh yeah, I want to get into that. I think it's because the number is so high and I have some sort of you weird aversion like to sequels, you know? So, <laughs> you did say that before the show, and then, like, if we're talking five, like, we're we're deep in sequels at that point. Now, is it because you just don't have faith that people can make good sequels? Or is it like, I don't want to have to go back and play the one, two, three, four? Because that's how I am with things, like, if there's yeah, the, a fourth game, well, I, like, honestly, with Final Fantasy, we're up to, like, what, 16, 17 now? Something like that? Mm-hmm. Even though I know there's some games you can play without having to play the others, I feel compelled, like, I got to play all of them before, and I got to do it in order. So I, I can think of, like, three main pillars as to why I have an aversion to sequels, right? Mm-hmm. The first one is definitely that. There are certain games where... Yeah, it's like number five or, you know, 11 or whatever, right? And it's the kind of franchise where, you know, yeah, you kind of got to play the other ones in order to fully appreciate the game, right? And if it were a movie, yeah, you know, I can I can have a watch party with my friends and we can binge, you know, through the first three movies in, in a series or whatever, right? But with a game, that's that's a lot of time commitment. There's a lot of games coming out pretty much every year, and there's a lot of great games coming out every year. And I, I'd rather just get on get in on the ground floor of something new, you know, um, that didn't didn't require that kind of investment. Mm-hmm. The other thing is there are games where, yeah, you can get in at like number four, number five, right? But and you know they're, they're designed such a way that it's friendly you can get into it right but for the rest of time you will have to deal with the fans of that franchise telling you that oh you know you haven't really played like the real stuff the good stuff and i'm just man like i'm i'm and, sorry and like, all, I, and very I get, often they're thinking about that game and its mechanics locked in that year that it came out of like 2003 exactly 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 and, and it's it's just sort of like whatever man as someone um, who like I, I literally approach video games as like a study. Like video games for me now are like textbooks, college textbooks. I I um, can show you these documents where I'm pretty much reverse engineering these video games and kind of like tagging like, oh, this is clearly what made this game awesome, you know? Because mm-hmm. when you play other games or those older games, you're like, this game, this is an FPS shooter and you can't even aim down the sights. Because that concept wasn't a thing yet in video games of aiming down the sights. Your gun was just there, stationary, locked on the screen, and then that was it. Because they hadn't developed the concept of zooming in when you shoot. And it's just those little details. Like, they don't tell you that, like, oh, you got to play so-and-so game. Well, you didn't mention how it's missing, like, 90% of features of what you expect in FPS nowadays, you know? Well, like, even even outside of, like, FPSs, right? Like, take the Fallout franchise. Everyone, I think, is aware at this point that Fallout 4, you know, it's a game. I would even, I, I personally would even go so far as to say it's a good game. And it's a, it's a good mob platform. It's, it's really good as that, right? But I think everyone is aware that anyone who's, you know, any sort of fan of that franchise is going to be like, oh, it's something compared to New Vegas, right? And then you're going to have the really hardcore fans who tell you to go back and play, you know, like one and two. And I have gone back and played at one. I have not played two. Um, and I enjoyed it. I'm not opposed to going back and playing older uh, 
older styles of games like side scrollers, isometric angles, whatever, right? But there's also that kind of aspect of if I was going to do that, why would I not go play Disco Elysium? Mm-hmm. You know, like there's something new or something, uh, something I haven't seen before in any aspect, something that is is able to have more because it is newer, right? And so in that way, you know, I look at certain franchises and I'm just like, I don't know, I just want to, I, 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 I'm not compelled to go back and playing the early games and it puts me off playing the newer ones. Yeah. Now, the other thing, the third thing is I think just in general, I have a sort of like a distaste for, for sequels and reboots and stuff because we've been hit with so many of them that have just been trash, not just in games, but also in uh in movies where they just take the love you have of a franchise and use it to you know get their fingers in your wallets basically Mm -hmm. right and you know it's kind of like um there's certain things in plots right if if certain plot devices are used it will immediately put me off a story right because it's it's cheap and i don't like it you know and it doesn't matter how good the rest of the story is it, it like uh you know fuck off right and I feel like I have a bit of that going on with sequels for a lot of games, you know, where I'm just sort of like, can you just come up with a new idea already, please? And I, that's maybe not the fairest of the game, you know, but it is, I think, uh, kind of the way I feel at this point, you know? Yeah. In 2021 now, you know, can we not come up with new franchises, people? Please? I mean, there, there are games. a handful of them, and I guess we can go ahead and segue into mm-hmm. that. Of yeah. Some more of the, maybe not the, the top ones we want, but things that are coming. Um, well, for one, to start off with the sequel, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. I will say I am excited for that. <laughs> yeah, I've heard good things. I have not played it yet. So I will be checking it out. Let's see here. And then... Um, yeah, there, there are an impressive rumored, number. Like, I don't even think it's really rumored. I think people are just hoping, so they're putting it on their lists. But uh, God of War Ragnarok for 2021. I don't think it's coming out in 2021. That'd be awesome if it does, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. That is the one that was saw at that was seen at either the Sony presentation or the Game Awards the year before. Or maybe it was E3. I really can't remember. But that is um, the one that was being developed by the uh, essentially the Asian woman that everyone fell in love with. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She was like very Japanese television-y, kind of like happy, exuberant kind of personality. Now, technically, she's not on the team anymore, but the game's coming out nonetheless. And uh, it looks like it's going to hit the right spot for some people. I'm sorry, I, why would I want to play it if she's not on the team, man? Exactly, yeah, I know, right? It's like, you guys should have kept that under wraps. But um, I'm looking at that as a game of, even though it's not the kind of game I would play, I will try it if it's good, because I'm always kind of rooting for what is the next awesome IP, you know? Like, yeah. let me know what bandwagon I can jump on, and then I will ride that bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Um, Horizon Forbidden West. I don't yeah. like that it's named like DLC, but um, I mean, Horizon, that's just a new IP that just came out of nowhere and is really kind of 
I mean, seal the deal. Like from the like some games come out, like the Metro games. You're like, oh, they're not bad. They're competent build games, but they're, they're never like, oh my god, this is amazing. You know? Yeah, I I have a soft spot for the Metro games. Like I am a fan of the Metro games, and even I would not be like, oh yeah, these are you know industry setting. No, yeah, they're not. Yeah, I mean the, the Metro solid. games like at most would be like, huh, neat. Didn't expect that. That's about as much it got out of me. And then it's a competent, competently made game. Yes, um, yeah. Horizon, um, Forbidden West, well, I should say Horizon as a franchise. That is a game that pretty much everyone's like, well, this is amazing, like right out the gate. And it came in a time, because we've talked about this in previous podcasts, where there is a big push culturally of making a big deal about females and video games and this and that, you know? Yeah. And sometimes it's like too on the nose, it's a little campy, and other times like this, where you can tell they they just set out to make a good character. And the way they wrote her, it's like there was no argument about it. Like, yes, we accept this. She's a badass female, you know? Have yeah, you had I the chance like, to play um, Horizon? No. I Once again, I'm ashamed to say I have not. Yeah, like... They do a really good job of shaping her origin story and showing, like, this is why she has this kind of this sass to her, this snappiness, this um, tenacity. And um, because, I mean, she was picked on as a kid, but she's also been hunting and training and, like, being no joke, badass survivalist since she was a wee little child. And so it makes sense that all of a sudden, like, she's the one that kind of steps up to save the day. It's like, of course she would, because she's made for this, you know? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, generally speaking, a lot of, with, like, women in games and a lot of other sort of, uh, anything that people might take up as a banner, as a cause, right? People kind of react against it a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the problem normally comes, like, the reason that people a lot of times will react against it, they won't like it. Is because there's a difference between doing something in a game or in anything because it's gonna work and it's a good idea, and the, versus doing it for the sake of doing it, if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. So if you if you write a game with a female lead and part of what you're doing is intentional, like going, oh yeah, we're gonna have a game with a, a badass female lead, I feel like that's normally not going to turn out as well as getting a good idea for a character who's a like a, a badass female, mm-hmm. right? And then just applying that, even even if you do think like it's cool, like you're you're inclined to want that more in video games. There's a difference between those two things, you know. Yeah. And I, I I always get the feeling that that's the distinction is is the mindset going in, you know, mm-hmm. or well, the origin going in. Yeah, and the again, like when it came out, I remember it was for some reason some big discussion of like we need more women in games as if like they'd never had Laura Croft and uh, the chick from Perfect Dark Zero and things like that it's like we same as Saren yeah 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 yes yeah, Samus and it's like we, there's definitely not some kind of there's no there's no glass ceiling in video games where gamer boys don't want to see females in their video games that's not a thing that doesn't exist yeah basically and so Long story short, I'm glad to see Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, Horizon, we're getting more out of it. 
it's going to be weird because like Horizon Zero Dawn just kind of, we got used to it and it locked in. And so now I feel like it's Horizon Zero Dawn, then subtitle. I, I forget that it's Horizon, then subtitle, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you don't put the Zero Dawn, I hear Horizon and like, I think Forza Horizon. So you know? many times my brain, literally, it's like it's got a reboot after I think about it. Let's see some of the other stuff. Um, Monster Hunter Rise is coming to Nintendo. I hope they're going to bring more to PlayStation. This kind of worries me, though, that even though I know it did good numbers, maybe it didn't do good enough for them to worry about making a PlayStation version. Because um, Monster Hunter is one of those games I've been wanting to play for a while, but I didn't want to get on Nintendo. And it finally came to PlayStation. Hmm. Um, that game though, man, that's, that's like a, that's a full-time job. Uh-huh. Like you're, <laughs> yeah. you're on the hunt for like four hours for like one monster and then you, I mean, at best you get a pair of pants. I'm not complaining. It's just know what you're getting into when playing those games. Yeah. See, like there are games that I, I haven't played because I just haven't gotten around to it, but I really want to. Right. And there are games that I look at, you know, and I really look at playing and I go, I like having other hobbies yeah and i'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole you know yeah but again um it it is a it's such a solid game though i can't even be mad at them like i don't see them as like being disrespectful being disrespectful of the gamer's time they're like um no we're your main chick you don't get a side chick with us we're your main game there are no side games we're your game that's that Makes be, sense. Yeah, be happy with it and like just th- 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 that's your life now. You're a monster hunter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've never known someone who's gotten into it and gone like like okay. Um, another game that will steal your life is is uh, Warframe. Like you know, like <laughs> I've Warframe heard. Yeah, like, I've heard so many warnings about it. It's one of those games that you know, like I remember in middle school, me and my friends started uh, saying that certain games like Rift, it was MMO we used to play, uh, and like Dota right dota was one and we would say it changes people right because they mm-hmm. just like they used to be like a, a well-rounded human being right and then <laughs> and then the game right <laughs> and warframe is one of those games and everyone i know who has like fifty thousand hours in warframe i'm exaggerating obviously but it has a lot of like thousands of hours in it not a single one of them will advise you to play it you know like they realize it's not worth it right like you said, you've heard the warnings. I've never heard that with Monster Hunter. Like, everyone who plays it seems to, like, just adore it, you know? Yeah, like, it's never warnings. Like, they'll just say, just strap in. But it's never, like, don't play the game. I mean, it really is a good, solid game. It's mm-hmm. very smart. It's fun. It's, I mean, you're a hunter. And you there is actual a hunting aspect. It's not just go here and you'll find them. It's like, no, you yeah. have to search. And then when you get them, you need to be able to seal the deal or you're going to be having to search for them again. I mean, it's a good model. Yeah. Um, and so they're they're bringing that to PlayStation this year? No, they're not they bringing it to later? PlayStation for what I've seen so far. They may later, but right now it looks like it's coming to just the Switch. All right. All right. That'd be funny if they like do the Switch and Stadia. Oh, my like, God. Like, fine, I'll sign up for Stadia. I mean, like, 
honestly, they started. Okay, you know how the Epic Store was was doing like like uh, Metro Exodus was one of these games that mm-hmm. it was a, and that was a game that I probably wouldn't have played if there wasn't such a big deal made that it had only been released on the Epic Store because I probably it wouldn't have really hit my radar, mm-hmm. right? Like I might have noticed it, but I wouldn't have gone. What seriously? What is this? But the fact that that controversy happened, I mean, I played it and I liked it, and I played all three Metro games, and again. I'm not saying they're great. I just like them. I have a bias towards them. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, you know, like, I feel like if Google Stadia started doing that, they might, you know, make me even consider it. Because currently, I'm just like, why? <laughs> why? But they start doing that with, like, big releases, you know? Mm-hmm. And if they, oh, you know what would be really cool? No. Because if they could... If they could start, okay, you know how um there'll be like a Switch exclusive, a sometimes a PC exclusive, but eh, um a PS4 exclusive, like big title exclusives, you know. If Stadia could work it out so that the company started putting the games on Stadia, I feel like that would be a a a, a boon to them. Is that boom a boom? Good for them. Good for them. Let's go with that. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, maybe they can do that in twenty twenty one. Who knows? Yeah. Now, another one, um, Returnal. Do you remember seeing that game? No, I don't think so. Um, Returnal seems to be like that. I don't want to say space Dark Souls, but I feel like everything's going to have a little Dark Souls in it nowadays. Um, it seems to be on the higher end, graphic-wise. Uh, it's yeah. made from the developers of Rusogun, so they definitely are kind of stepping out of their element of what they've made in the past. But it huh. looks to be like on a loop. That's why I say it's like a Dark Souls-ish, because it looks to be on like a loop of sorts. And so you're probably going to master the game through like forced repetition. Yeah. Which which isn't always bad. Hades does it perfectly, you know. So I'm looking forward to see that one for sure. Um, let's see here. There's uh, Amazon. Good Lord. They're coming out with a new world. It's their MMO. Problem is, like the last two games. Oh, God. Like Crucible. Um, it was violently boring, that game. That, That's a brilliant description. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, was um, I was angered, angered to having to play it because around that time I had set a personal rule of like every game I start to set out on, I got to give it three hours minimum, you know, to give it a fair shot to grab me. I set that rule up for like indies and stuff because sometimes you don't kind of give like as a reviewer, if you don't set up these rules for yourself, you might be like, ah, I'd rather go play something else. And you just kind of like, I don't need to really review that game. So with mm-hmm. this one, I told myself I'll put three hours into it. It was a painful three hours. Um, the whole time I kept thinking about how this was like ripoffs of other games that have way more heart, way more character, way more attention to detail. And this was just bad. And this is also right off the heels of other ones. I can't even main, name the other ones now. But you remember the one, the the hero shooter or melee based one? There was like all a bunch of it was more graffiti kind of wild gang style characters. Yeah. Uh, Instead of like fun and tactical like Overwatch, it was like gritty punk 
something no one asked for. Yeah. Basically. And like, it's so forgettable. I don't even remember it. Well, this I, game, I remember Crucible, the advertising. I don't remember anything about the yeah. game. Well, um, and it's weird because it's it's one of those like the the art design has depth. It's not my style, but no one can say that the artist team for that game doesn't know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. But everything else is boring. And I get the same thing with uh, Crucible in that even the controls, like they wanted it to be a hero shooter, but some of the controls and how they're mapped, it's like, why do you have something like that on a cooldown as if it's an ultimate where any other game, like a character would be able to just heal. Like healing isn't an ultimate. Like they can go just heal, you know? And so it's like, I get where you don't want to design some games to where it's like an exact mirror of something else. But sometimes the other game just got it right. And so you just got to, well, here's how we do this in this game now, you know? There's no shame in it. It's actually okay to do. Um, like, there's no copyright issue with game mechanics like that. Yeah. It's only if you take Mario and try to put him in your game, that's where it's a problem. If you make a guy I that mean, moves like Mario, doesn't matter. I it, it just sounds like they... I mean, it, it almost sounds like the same issue I was talking about before, where the thought process almost sounds like, okay, we're going to make a game. What's popular? This is popular. Okay. We'll make one of those. Well, it can't be exactly the same, right? Because then no one will play it. So we'll, we'll change some things, right? I bet you that's exactly and what happened in this totally... Amazon meeting a couple years ago. They're like, we got a lot of money. What's popular right now? Because mm-hmm. like, literally when I was playing this, I'm like, this game maybe, maybe would have stood a chance if it came out a year before Overwatch. But it's 2020 now. And even Overwatch is on the decline. So what were they thinking? Like, they started making their version of Overwatch years after Overwatch had already been out. It's the same thing with a lot of these Battle Royales. As much as people make fun of Fortnite and pick on it, um, it's still the top dog with Call of Duty, Warzone, nipping at its heels. The Battle Royale thing is pretty much settled in, you know? You're going to have to be an established IP like Call of Duty to even stand a chance. But notice that that's, that's very similar to what I was saying with like, sometimes you get things like female characters or whatever else, where the thought process is backwards, where rather than, oh, I have a great idea for, you know, this character, and then it just, it's, it's a female, you know, blah, 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 right? It's mm-hmm. starting with what you want and then just sort of filling it in, right? Yeah. It, it kind of feels like that, that is the same issue with the game, whereas what should theoretically I would think happen is someone goes, oh. I have a great idea for a mechanic for this kind of game or, Oh, I have a great idea for, you know, like it shouldn't be that sort of formulaic backwards sort of workflow, Mm -hmm. you know? And I I think that just produces a lot of crap in games, you know? I could like, and and I just imagine that they're going to run into the same issue with this new worlds or new world game. Like given their track record. Yeah. Yeah. Like both of the other two are canceled and shut down. I can't even remember the first one. Ashman the Crucible is closed down. And um, yeah, just what are they thinking? I know they got money, but don't spend it everywhere. That or just like, just straight up buy 
buy other studios, like buy Hello Games or something like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, Actually, I think they're under Sony's roof, so there's no buying them at this point. Now, you know, I, I think we've talked on this show before about Google's history of not brilliant projects or, or mm-hmm. projects not working out brilliantly. Um, whereas I, I think by contrast, Amazon has a lot of successes under its belt, right? It has, you know, like they've, they've just become their own shipping. They've widened what they do. They used to sell books. They've, you know, audible, made a audible stands system. on its own, but it's audible, actually Amazon, Amazon, like prime yeah. video. People actually use that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on and on and on and on. Right. Google has like Gmail and Google Drive. Like I, much. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm being harsh, but you get what I mean. And yet somehow this kind of seems entirely in their, in their MO, you know, because and and they did it again recently with the um the Amazon like Alexa glasses, right? Like that's kind of a Google idea. They've just sort of taken and and repackaged and, and sort of like sleeked up a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And it, and it almost strikes me as entirely within Amazon's mo to to rather than come up with a new idea, which I think Google at least tries to do. They they like. We'll look at something that doesn't really exist. It's a little go, bit oh, of both. But to be honest, when you get that. up to the Amazon, Apple, Google level, the mm-hmm. idea is more of a, which company do we buy? Like, Yeah, that's, that's they, fair. Like their, their, their main, their, their modus operandi is, let's just buy another company first. Yeah, uh, but I mean, at the same time, Google also has like Google X and Google Ideas, right? Yeah. And what I'm saying is, if you look at, a lot of like Amazon successful product or projects and products, they're all, they're never like a revolutionary thing, are they? You know, and they're never necessarily brilliant, but like, like take the, the Kindles that are like kind of like an Android tablet. Mm -hmm. I've used those. Let's be honest. It ain't no iPad. Right. But it's it's cheap and it's on Amazon. Right. And, and your grandma can buy it. Right. And I kind of, I feel like that works for that kind of thing, but there are no grandmas in video games. Right, <laughs> and the fact that it's being sold through Amazon isn't a benefit because we have Steam, and I, I just I feel like they're trying to take a typical Amazon approach to an industry where for for maybe for once it's just not working for them, you know. But uh, I might be reading way too much into that, so who knows? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Like, look, who, um, the game New World might turn out fine. And then we're like, oh, man, remember that time Heavy Shelf was so wrong? Like, for us to be that wrong, the game would have been all the better. And then that's just good for gamers because then there's a good game out there, good, a good MMO. I've actually I mean, wanted to get into an MMO for such a long time. The only time I was in an MMOs was as a kid. But as a kid, you only got so much time, money, you know, you got other stuff. And then as an adult, of course, you have responsibilities still. But you have way more control of your time. And so, yeah. but then on the flip side, that's where I have some MMO friends that are like, yeah, don't get into MMOs. Enjoy your life while you have it, you know? Well, you see, the thing you're saying is as an adult, you have way more control of your time. But if you start playing an MMO, you won't have that control anymore, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't say that I'm rooting against the game. You know, I'd love another good game out in the market this year, but I'm just not expecting much, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, I got to double check this. If it's the game I'm thinking of, I'm actually, I actually am looking forward to it. Uh, Roller Champions, 
there was one of there was a game that I saw that looked like the Rocket League, but like roller derby. All right. Yeah, uh, yeah, roller champion. So that's coming out in twenty twenty one. But I need to get a release date. Have you seen the roller champions yet? No, I uh, I haven't seen that one. At all. It's like I I. I you know, I, I've looked at all these games coming out this year, and you're like, have you seen this one? I'm like, wait, what? I haven't even seen that one. Yeah. Well, that's why we do this podcast. And now other See, people will know what to look for. Exactly, exactly. And what's um, the name you're saying? Um, roller Champions. Huh. Like Roller Blades. Yeah, let me look for it. Which is before your time, probably. <laughs> I, I'm familiar with the general concept, you know. I watched 80s television growing up. Mm-hmm. What's funny is that um, when I first heard about it, I think it was on Facebook, and it's like, play for free now. And I'm like, what? Heck yeah, I'll play a free game. I'll check it out. And then it's like, this game actually isn't a thing yet. It's like, why did you use the words play for free now if the game is not released? Like, it literally said, we're not actually released. I'm like, take down your play for free now sign then. You're messing my emotions. I don't know why. Like, I, I, this game looks like it could be really cool. And yet, for some reason, I don't expect it to be. It, oh, God, you know what it kind of reminds me of? Um, is It's it's like a combination between, uh, like, the Tony Hawk skater games, mm-hmm. both Royal Buds instead, and uh, Rocket League. And that could be brilliant. Fair enough, fair enough. Or it could not. But I mean, I'm I'm looking for a fun sport game that you can be competitive in that doesn't have to do, or like no one can be like boom headshot, you know, and act like they're an actual badass just because they pointed their mouse correctly. Mm -hmm. It's like, yay, you chose the right pixel. You're not actually a badass in real life. I I do miss the era where you could get into Rocket League. Like I I miss being good at Rocket League. Oh man, it's so it's I, so different now. Mean, like yeah, now, exactly. you actually have to know the plays and run the plays. Mm-hmm. And what well, see? I don't even know the words that they were using. Um, of like, why did you do this? You were supposed to run of this. I'm like, we run plays now. I thought it's chase the ball, ball going box. I thought that's what we all do here. They're like, no, you gotta. If if this happens, you gotta fall back. If if this happens, you gotta run of this. If this happens, you gotta run of this. It's like, oh, like we're actually running plays now. It's one of those things. Like when I was a kid playing basketball, I had no idea. Like I mean, I was a wee little kid. I had no idea the coach would actually call plays. I thought he just picked the people and said, "Have fun out there," and we were actually running things. I was like, "Where's the ball? Give me the ball. I'll shoot the ball now." I didn't know there was actually plays being ran. Mm-hmm. I was like nine years old though. Um, and not very good at basketball, obviously. Now, so yeah, um, point being, Rocket League takes some skill. It used to be just the, the skill was set by who can hit the ball in the air. And then there was like the, the crawlers, the ground dwellers, you know, that never mm-hmm. went up in the air. Or when they did, I mean, they it, royally failed. 
like, now, like now, now everything's determined by like how how studious you have been, how much you know every play, how many streams you've watched, and how well you've memorized it, yeah. and and your reflexes, and that's basically the two things. Whereas I feel like it used to be a little bit more based on like weirdly instinct, because there wasn't instinct the textbook and like. Exactly. I had the instinct that I was going to be able to hit that ball, and man, did I get lucky with how it went in from that shot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, And I mean, if if this game is half as fun as Rocket League was back in the day, Mm -hmm. I'm going to put some hours in it, you know? Yeah, because in in the past, like, my strat was with Rocket League was like, ooh, watch this. Because I would assume if I hit it like this, it's going to go in. And it was usually like bank shots of what you would get in pool, you know, I would just bank it off the wall. Those are the only shots I could try to control it going in. And then other mm-hmm. than that, it was just the decision-making of like knowing when to chase and not to chase. But that's about as far as in-depth I got. And you need to have way more depth now in the Rocket League of today. Or you will just get torn apart. And then that's not fun. I mean, uh yeah, basically... I mean, I feel like there was really, I, I don't know, it might just be a little bit of nostalgia, but I feel like there was this sort of golden few years where, like, every year or two, there was a, a really good multiplayer game that came out, right? That, like, there are plenty of good multiplayer games now, but, like, you look at the big multiplayer game of 2020, and it was basically kind of like a party game, almost, mm-hmm. right? That being Among Us. And yeah. you can see why it became popular in the year that it did, but it's not quite like Overwatch, not quite like Rocket League, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, it's been a little while since a game like that has, like, you know, I mean, I found other things to with my friends, obviously, but but it, th- there's like this sort of golden couple of years, and again, it, it might just be nostalgia, but uh, yeah, I feel like it was largely defined by like Rocket League and Overwatch coming out, you know? Mm-hmm. That was just fantastic sort of... Uh, Fun with your friends on the weekends, you know? Speaking of Among Us, I'm noticing a trend of those kind of Twitch groups that would get together to play Among Us. They're transitioning over to Rust. Because Rust is one of those games that you really need to play with other people. But if you just ask people, hey, who wants to play Rust? No one wants to play Rust. But if you have everyone together... Because Among Us brought them together. And you've been playing Among Us on stream for like a month, two months straight now. It's like, yeah, let's play Rust. And so that'll be interesting to see if like, because sometimes very much so, YouTubers or Twitch can resurge, carry a game again through resurgence. Minecraft for existence. Um, And then if Rust does like an update at the right time, like that might actually, who knows, like that, that would be something good to see. They have an opportunity there to say the very least, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's insane how YouTubers and streamers make or break entire game franchises at this point. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, I think like the classic example of my youth, right. When I were a young man, uh, was five nights at Freddy's, which was a terrible game. I, we should categorize generations by like YouTube trends. And I Uh gotta say, I hate the five nights at Freddy's kids. Oh, I, I was hate that. Not a fan. YouTube. I was not a fan. Doesn't matter. Of, of Five you were a fan Freddy's. during like, like like you were a YouTuber during that time. Ergo, uh, I you're yeah. worse than 
Gen Z and millennials combined. What about the boomers though? Or is that too far? I mean, it's implied that we all hate boomers, right? Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then just no one cares about Gen X, obviously. Yeah, right? yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get to them once the nothing. boomers are gone. They're they're just sad people in the middle. Pretty much, middle child now. Um, what do you think could be the breakout game? I mean, we're kind of lucky. Well, okay, so last year we know for a fact we looked up some data. Um. Oh my God, I'm getting my game names mixed up. Um, Animal Crossing Horizon, okay. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I was getting Horizon Zero Dawn 4. <laughs> I was like, no, not a racing game. It's the one with the farms or the little animals. Um, Animal Crossing Horizons. Or, or New Horizon? New Or New Horizon, yeah. So that was a big one. That actually surpassed Fortnite for a minute there. And then mm-hmm. the other two were um, Among Us Ah, and Fall Guys. Fall Guys came next and then Among Us. Yeah. Is Uh, there any kind of indie that you've seen that you're like, man, that'd be nice if that comes back? Or out of the games we've talked about so far, which do you think is going to become the new hit? Because I feel like, as far as the decade, because we've done a 10 games of the decade before, and so the, the race is on of like best 10 games of this decade. Uh, yeah. The top spot is up for grabs as officially now that we've had Cyberpunk out and it's missed the mark. Top spot is up for grabs. Well, the other thing is, you know, there's 10 years, you know, and that's yeah. a long time for a game. Uh, yeah. Cyberpunk's going to like develop. Yeah. Cyberpunk's going to really need to shine to be looked back from now, 10 years later. And be like, oh, yeah, that was a solid game. They really turned it around, you know? So one thing I will, I will say about, like, games uh, blowing up is there's, you know, like, um, Hades, for instance. That is a game that did pretty well for an indie. And in mm-hmm. a certain sense, it blew up. It got a lot of credit, uh, a lot of praise. But obviously, it w- didn't do, like, an Animal Crossing New Horizons kind of uh, splash, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. And I look at the games so far for this year, and, like, I don't know a nice way to say it, but, like, I think the, the one of the things that, obviously Animal Crossing came out at the right time, but all of those games that got big this year, or last year, I guess, um, were, in a certain sense, like, low common denominator kind of games, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, anyone could get into them. That's not to say they were bad, but anyone could get into them. Right, for the most part, you know. Um, and in most everyone you know, is willing to enjoy them, right? And like, I, I, I don't quite see, like, obviously, I think Overwatch 2 is, is something. Is that, that was still announced. a thing? Is it out? I, is it coming? I, yeah, I, like, I, I, I think that, I, you know, and then there's like Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2, I think. Is all supposed to come out, um, and so obviously it's funny those, that those weren't listed in the list that I've seen because it's almost like, bro, we know those are gonna get delayed, so don't even bother hoping for. Yeah, exactly. Year. Like I, I'm saying these things in this like really like hesitant way, where I'm like, are those really coming out? What's going on there? You know, um, 
you have Back for Blood, which is uh from the people uh for for Left for Dead, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, like I I feel almost like that era is gone. Like there there are I I mean it might bring it back. I don't know. But I mean, I've seen things in that sort of like four person squad, you know, killing zombie or, or like moving through an environment kind of games come out in the last couple of years. And they've done pretty well. Like um, GTFO is, is one that mm-hmm. uh, me and my friends play. And I would say that that has more going for it than the Left 4 Dead games did. Um, yeah. Given they had a lot going for them in their day. But if unless there's something really spicy and new going on there, you know, whatever. Um I don't know. It's it's weird. Like there are a lot of games I'm excited for, but there's nothing that I look at and I'm immediately like, this is 100% definitely going to come out this year and be good, and also going to like catch that kind of mainstream appeal that uh, that that uh, Animal Crossing and Among Us and Fall Guys did. You know, like it. it I just. I don't yeah. quite see one that screams I mean, maybe, that kind of vibe. Maybe it'll be Cyberpunk and it comes out with some like really awesome DLC. Um, things that... I mean, it's already sold a, a ridiculous number of copies, right? And so if like the narrative around it changes and we start seeing articles about how, you know, um, uh, like CD Projekt Red has redeemed themselves by releasing update, you know, whatever, right? I think we might see a sort of resurgence in that. Um, but I kind of feel like this might end up being a, a little bit of like a slow burn situation where a lot of people mm. bought it on launch. A lot of people put it down like we were talking about earlier. Right. Yeah. And yeah, sure. You know, nine out of 10 of those people might get around to playing it and might love it. But one of them might get to it, you know, in six months, one might get to it in a year. One might get to it. Like, I don't, I can't say for sure. That there'll be like a big wave of people going. Now is the time, you know? Um, True. It's, it's, it's again, it's, it's very hard to say, uh, looking at the list. Um, like I see cute little indies, but cute little indies are a dime a dozen. You know, and it's really hard to say which ones are gonna like catch that YouTuber uh, eye mm-hmm. and become become the new meme. Very true. But I wish them all luck. Yes. Now, um, we are coming to a close to this podcast. So before we do, uh, we do have some announcements for 2021 in the content we want to bring to you. Um, first off, I want to thank everyone that has supported. Heavy Shelf through Patreon. Um, you essentially help the website keep running. It's pretty much guaranteed that we're not going to have any website hiccups, and that's thanks to you guys' support. So, also, more support, the more content. In the meantime, we're going to be bringing some content that will hopefully earn more of your support. And that is going to be in multiple podcasts. Or you could say two more podcasts we're adding on the roster of podcasts as well as essentially like a devlog series. I'll get more into that here in a second. But first, um, later tonight, we're going to be publishing on YouTube and audio Spotify Review Royale. And we're reviewing Project Wingman. 
it's a pretty decent game. We go into detail and uh, essentially measure down to an ounce of how good is this game. And that's kind of the approach we're going to take with Review Royale with a lot of different games in that we really do try to have an honest-to-God measurement of objective as we can. But we, we know the rule. That's just your opinion, man, is essentially how the gaming community approaches online reviews of and it's safe to just say it's your opinion yeah. i get that i respect that but also i want to make my opinion seem really educated <laughs> so that's what we're going to go through with review royale and it's good because it's called review royale because it's two people dishing it out on why they both love the game and so you like if we both love the game, you're getting two different perspectives from two different play styles. And so that's just, it's almost like peer reviewed gaming reviews, you know? And then if one of us dislikes it and the other one likes it, well, now you got yourself a debate and we go back and forth. What did the game really have? What was it really missing? And in the end, we take our scores, combine them together and then debate up or down where it could be. And so we hope being this diligent with taking on the task of measuring where these games exist on a pound for pound basis against other games, we hope that Heavy Shelf over time will show that we know how to identify what's great in games and you can respect our opinions on these sorts of things because we really kind of take the task of uncovering what makes these games awesome or why this game failed versus that one, so on and so forth. And I think you'll find that we were pretty spot on with Project Wingman. And I think you'll be interested to tune in when we turn in our or publish our Cyberpunk 2077 officially on, I believe it should be January 14th or 15th. We'll get back to you on that. But essentially these are going to be very in-depth reviews that we do every two weeks is what we're shooting for. So that's Review Royale. We hope that you enjoy that and you're going to check it out. We're going to be publishing that later tonight. Also, we have bonus points. That's essentially going to be more of an in-depth podcast where we are going to start having these conversations kind of on the fly. It won't always be what's relevant in the news. Sometimes it will, sometimes it won't. Depends on the seriousness of the conversation. We want bonus points to be a podcast that goes really, really in-depth into like game mechanics, game design, game design choices, uh, culturally what's going on with games, stuff that we may not have room for in like just the weekly let's run through what's going on in the Heavy Shell podcast. So that's going to be bonus points. Um, that may be Patreon-only content or kind of delayed. We're not quite sure yet, to be honest. Uh, we're prob- most likely going to do a couple episodes up front just to kind of put that flavor out there and see if you guys like it. And then, lastly, most importantly, is something I've been wanting to do for a long, long time, is something for now we're calling Heavy Shelf Story Mode. And Heavy Shelf Story Mode is where I'm going to, every day, close to every day as I can, in the year 2021, start the process from true ground zero of developing a video game. Now, the reason why I'm confident enough into taking this task, I used to be in IT and I used to be a creative trainer. 
um, for various programs and stuff. And so I'm really good at picking up on things. Uh, I have an aptitude of learning fast on the fly and then flipping that information and teaching it, turning it around. So as I'm going along and learning the process of how to develop a video game, I want to be able to share that experience with you and kind of we learn together. So I would highly encourage anyone who has any interest in learning how to develop a video game to kind of join me on this journey. Most of the time, um, I'm shooting to do it on stream. So I'll just straight up, whether it comes down to like day one, I'll pull up like my note app and we we can even work together on just, hey, what's our design document going to consist of? Where do we start? You know, or everything from, do we choose a game engine now or do we just flesh out our idea first and then choose a game engine? All those things I've already kind of looked into ahead of time a little bit. So I'll be able to walk you through those. But other than that, it's going to be kind of exploring game development together, fresh and just seeing what that's like. And I, I really do sincerely hope that anyone who's interested in developing their own game, just join me for the ride and we'll see how it goes. Now, Tonight, I'm going to be doing the first stream for Heavy Shelf Story Mode. That's going to be at 7 p.m. Eastern. And so, that's when you can join me there. If not, the videos are going to go on YouTube all the same. Some of them may go on YouTube depending on time of day. Like, it, like let's say if I'm available to work, no one, but it's only at like 7 a.m., and you guys aren't ready to watch something at 7 a.m., you'll just be able to catch it on YouTube later, that kind of thing. And I'm going to be doing this very open and transparent. So, like, you're going to be seeing the game idea as it's growing in real time. You're more than welcome to offer feedback. Welcome to join in your ideas. And some of that may might even turn into actual team building of, well, we know we need XYZ to make this game at this point because of these ideas. Well, now more people are coming on board. And so it's getting to explore things like that. So again, as you can tell, I'm very excited about it. I'm looking to get started. And with anything creatively, especially if it's a new avenue, I want to demonstrate that you really, you just got to start. Sometimes you get stuck in your head of, oh, I need to know this first. I need to have this knowledge. I need to study this. And you get stuck in study phase for like five years and you never actually do the thing. If you have any creative impulse to make a video game, let's just do the thing. And I hope you join me tonight in that conversation as we start it. All that being said, Luca, you got anything? Uh, no, I think uh, you said it pretty much all. Okay. Again, 2020 was a mess. I think we can all agree. I'm looking forward to 2021, and hopefully we got some great content coming your way. Check us out and share us out. Anything that I mentioned before that you think anyone would be interested in, share us on Twitter, Facebook, all of that. If you're listening to this later on Spotify, if you head on over to twitch.tv slash heavyshelf, that's where we do this live, and you can look on the bottom. You'll see the panel for all of our content on heavyshelf.com. And you can follow us and stay in touch with us through Twitch. Not, not, not Twitch, Twitter. I literally still get those mixed up, Twitch and Twitter. Twitter, <laughs> you can follow us there. And then join the conversation on our Discord. You'll find the links for it on twitch.tv slash heavyshelf. That's where the writers are. That's where myself is. We're very reachable and accessible. You want to talk games? That's where you need to be. Again, thanks for checking us out. And we'll see you guys again next week.